Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. What's up? Welcome into Best on the Board presented by BetMGM here at The Athletic. Michael Beller with you on this Wednesday, February 9th. Of course, it's Super Bowl week. We've been talking a whole lot about that all week long, but... It's not just football going on in the sports world. Today on this episode, all basketball, all the time, little NBA, little college hoops. We've got you covered for this Wednesday slate. We started off with the NBA and Tass Mellis from No Dunks joining us to break down this six-game slate. Tass, what's going on? How you doing, Michael? Enjoying this uh, pre-trade deadline yeah. NBA world. There's lots of lots of rumors, lots of hypes, and there's some, some lines there I think are a little off. So I want to jump on one here early. Well, let's do it. I mean, there's we got a couple of teams that were involved in some uh, big trades over these last couple of days who are playing tonight, Portland being one of them, Sacramento also in action. So some rotation changes going on for both of those teams. We certainly know that, and uh, we'll see how those things shake out for those teams after everything gets settled and they get the new players uh, in their rotations. But uh, yeah, let's let's start there. Let's start with one of those, the Blazers being the one that we can start with, obviously not necessarily the way we're going to go. They are nine and a half point underdogs tonight against the Los Angeles Lakers. And that's actually where you take us to start off this episode of Best on the Board. Our first pick of the day, we look at Anthony Davis, his point prop, 22 and a half points. What are you thinking with this one? I think it's way too low. This is an easy over for me. A depleted Blazers team because they just made a big trade, but even with all their players, <laughs> they are a porous defensive team. They're one of the worst in the league. So 22 and a half for Anthony Davis, who had 22 last night. He shot 8 of 10, which obviously very efficient, mm-hmm. but he just didn't get a lot of shots. The previous five games, he's been well over 22 points, between 27 and 31, getting a lot more shots. So that's why this line is very odd that it's this low. I think the big worry if Anthony Davis isn't going to hit 22 is that they blow out the Blazers, but the Lakers just aren't that good to be blowing out anybody. Yeah, sure. uh, so this is a struggling Blazers team depleted bad on defense. Uh, so I, f- I feel like the Lakers going into the trade deadline, they, they needed a win desperately. So I think Anthony Davis is going to be a big part of that. I think 22 is going to be a light night for him against Portland. Yeah, you look at the the uh, total on this game. Also, it's two twenty three and a half. That's you know, that's a, that's a comfortable number for uh, the modern NBA. It's a number that we see quite often. And in fact, you've got one, two, three of the six games tonight have higher totals on them than that two twenty three and a half that we see between the Lakers and the Blazers. So, um, you know, pretty standard sort of night for an NBA game in twenty twenty one, twenty two. And I'm with you. Uh, I think this is I think this is a smart play. You know, regardless of what the Blazers would be throwing at him, yeah, if this exactly. was pre trade, if this was post trade, I think this is a number that we should feel pretty comfortable with Davis hitting. And, and I'll say this too, Tess. I mean, you mentioned like the one concern maybe is that the Lakers have just a super comfortable lead going into the fourth, and he doesn't get a ton of burn in the fourth quarter. Yeah. If that happens, he's probably got something to do with it, right? Absolutely. And <laughs> I don't think we see that sort of uh, script play out in Anthony Davis's 
you know, six of 19 for 14 points through the first three quarters of the game. Exactly. Yeah. He is going to have a big night. And, and the previous five games show me that he is a big part every night. <laughs> and he was yesterday, just had a, an odd uh, night where he only had 10 shots uh, against the Milwaukee Bucks uh, and their big front line. But he should have his way with uh, Nurkic and the Blazers. Yeah, another rough night for the Lakers last night, as you mentioned, against the Bucks. They need a win going into this trade deadline, going into the All-Star break a week from now. This feels like a spot for them to get it, nine-and-a-half-point favorites in Portland, and it feels like it should be a big night for Anthony Davis. I'm going to take us over to uh, the game with the highest total on the board tonight. That is Bulls and Hornets. No surprise there. This is something, Tess, that we have talked about quite a bit. The, the Charlotte Hornets, they play in high-scoring games. They, they can score it on offense. They can give it up quite a bit. <laughs> on defense and then you look at the other side the Bulls pretty similar a team that can really score the ball and when they don't have Alex Caruso when they don't have Lonzo Ball it is a completely different defensive team they go from being a pretty darn good perimeter defense to a very leaky perimeter defense so I just want everything in this test I want all the points (laughs) all the overs everything that we see uh, in this game this is actually already up test so I wrote this uh, a a couple of hours ago when I was just getting ready for the show it was 232 and a half was the total on this game this was um, two hours ago test two hours ago it was 232 and a half it's 236 and a half right now this game has moved up four points already that's a little bit scarier of a number but it's one I still feel still feel comfortable with I think this game goes over that number and then on the other side of this on the Charlotte side of this, you've got no uh, no Caruso, as we know, no Lonzo Ball, no Io DeSumo in concussion protocol for the Bulls, too. So that means a very friendly perimeter defense for these Hornets. Terry Rozier and Desmond Bain, you know this test. They've been my guys. Anytime I need to uh, get something that feels like a layup for me, I keep going back to those two guys. Desmond Bain did it for me last week. Love Rozier. Over 21.5 points, over 3.5 three threes. And you see that 3.5 three number plus 130. So if Terry Rozier can knock down four threes in this game, you're getting some pretty nice plus money. I just think this game has all the scoring. I think you could look at basically either team on the perimeter, whether you want to go with Rozier, you want to go LaMelo, you want to go Zach Levine, you want to go uh, uh, DeMar DeRozan, you maybe want to throw Kobe White in there with the uh, extra minutes he should get with the Sumu out tonight. I think there's almost no wrong way to go in trusting the guards and perimeter players to score in this game. At 236 and a half, that is a monster. Mo- it's a monster, <laughs> but it's not absurdly huge when looking at the board because 234 and a half for the, the Wolves and the Kings. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's a reason that the line keeps moving up. Uh, I, I think, yeah, Charlotte players will be extremely happy to play against the Bulls defense after having three straight games against the Raps, Heat, and Cavs. Three tough defenses. I'm sure Rozier and LaMelo will be feeling. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, same, both ways. It's going to be a high-scoring game. You're, you're totally, totally right. Uh, so, yeah, we're looking at uh, – here's some math. You know, like a 118, 119 game. That's uh, – it's yeah. very doable. Very doable with these two teams. You look at these two teams offensively. You look at these two teams, and you know, on the bull side, I guess, really is what I'm getting at with what they're missing. you got to feel yes. like we need we need 118. We need 120 to win this game. I, mm-hmm. I, think, I think 120 is what you're going to have to yeah. score. Uh, to win this game. And you can see both teams, I think, get north of 120. But I do think that it's sort of like a first to 120 wins scenario between the Bulls and the Hornets tonight. So give me all the overs on those guards, especially Terry Rozier. One more pick for you today to wrap up our NBA segment here. We take a look at DeJounte Murray and the Spurs, six and a half point underdogs in Cleveland tonight. You think this is a very tough assignment for the San Antonio guard? Yeah, I feel wrong doing this, but I'm going under 
DeJounte Murray's 39 and a half point assist and rebound total against the Cavs. I'm betting against an all-star. This is his first all-star game. Just got named to it. Uh, but DeJounte Murray has been in and out of the lineup recently a little bit. And the Cavs defense uh, does a good job against guards. Now, Murray's still been getting his numbers when he does play. Uh, but the Cavs are a real good home team. And I, I think they'll be uh, doing a good job against him. Now, Murray's able to shoot from everywhere inside and outside, uh, but uh, the Cavs will stop you inside the arc. And uh, this is, I don't know, this may be a little too inside baseball here, but I think this being his first game since he was named an All-Star for the first time, I could throw him off a little bit. We saw that with LaMelo Ball uh, recently having a bad game after being named an All-Star. And when he gets inside, he's going up against Jared Allen, who is trying to be named an All-Star if there is a, uh, a injury replacement on the Eastern Conference side. So, all in all, uh, he's going up a great against a great Cavs team. He is a great player himself. I just see the 39.5 points, assists, and rebounds. We just talked about the Cavs defense when they play the Charlotte Hornets recently. Mm -hmm. They do a good job uh, against guards and containing with all those long limbs and all those seven-footers inside the arc. So DeJounte mm -hmm. Murray is going to have to do it from the outside, which he can do. Uh, but um, I see I see a tough night for everybody across the board against this Cavs defense. So that 39.5, you know, Murray can get there pretty easily just just by playing 35 40 minutes mm -hmm. um but this Cavs defense again steps up big time at home just to drive that last point home that you say how tough it is to score against this team on the interior number one in rim shooting percentage against their opponents just 56 and a half percent opponents shoot at the rim against the Cavaliers the number two team in the league Memphis 59 0.2%. There is a greater difference between the Cavs and the second-ranked Grizzlies than there is between the Grizzlies and the 20th-ranked Miami Heat in this. The Cavs, just the best rim-protecting team in the league. So uh, definitely a tough assignment with the way DeJounte Murray likes yeah. to score. It's a tough uh, we, didn't, we didn't even plan that, Michael. That's a, that's a great step. That's an incredible step. And, you know, others, other Spurs who are going to be mm -hmm. around the rim trying to score that DeJounte Murray is going to set up and yep. potentially get uh, some assists from uh, like a yak of Pirtle. There's going to yep. be a lot, a lot of guys who, who need to score inside uh, for this uh, Spurs team. So the Cavs are in a good spot. Again, there's going to be a lot of rebounds, I think. Uh, so, you know, he could have a, a double digit night quite easily, but uh, feels bad betting against him. But I think, I think it's, it's one of those weird nights where he won't hit those marks. Yeah, that's the, basically the polar opposite game of the night from Bulls and Hornets. So if you want to touch on uh, both styles of basketball that we can see, <laughs> get a little DeJounte Murray under, get a little Terry Rozier over, and have some fun. That's Tass Mellis from No Dunks. Tass, thanks for being with us here on Best on the Board. Happy Super Bowl, Michael. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's throw things over to the college basketball side of the basketball operation. Welcome on, Brian Bennett. Brian, what's going on? Not much, Michael. It's been a while. I, uh, was I know. Protecting my undefeated record and shopping for private <laughs> island because of a great start to the season, but it has been a while. 
Uh, look at this, right? You've got a Cardinals thing over your shoulder. I've got a Cubs thing over my shoulder. We're not going to get to talk about baseball for a while, right? So we might as well get into every single corner of the college basketball world that we can. Yeah, it's going to be probably till April before we get into baseball. <laughs> so let's enjoy March uh, basketball to its fullest. Hey, let's enjoy March. Let's enjoy February. It's not, unfortunately, the greatest Wednesday slate that we're going to take a look at, but we still have some intriguing games ahead of us later tonight. Let's start with Seton Hall and Xavier. This is actually the first meeting between these teams all season. They'll meet tonight, and then they'll meet a couple of weeks from now at the end of February to satisfy their two games against one another in regular season play. Seton Hall, three-and-a-half-point favorites getting this game at home. 141-and-a-half is the spread on this. This really shows you uh, just how much home court factors in in the college basketball world because you put this game in Cincinnati, and it's probably Xavier minus three-and-a-half or minus four-and-a-half. Uh, but uh, with this game in Seton Hall, so three-and-a-half-point favorites, 141-and-a-half the total on this game. Your expectations for this first matchup between these two teams this season? Yeah, that's right. When you factor in the home court, the, the, the odds makers are basically saying it's a toss-up. Yeah, uh, pretty even teams. I think we could see kind of an old school, physical, bloody kind of Big East battle. Mm-hmm. They were coming off a really brutal home loss to DePaul. Uh, just, you know, I, I think Xavier's pretty safely in the tournament, but that's the kind of loss that you just can't take. Seton Hall's lost four of its last seven. That included a blowout loss at home to St. John's a couple weeks ago. We don't know if Bryce Aiken is going to play for Seton Hall. He's been out the last five games with uh, concussion symptoms. He could come back tonight. And, and without him, Seton Hall already struggles to shoot the ball. The yep. ball movements hasn't been good without him. Uh, so they've really been struggling without him offensively. So uh, it's, a, it's I think it's going to be a game that's going to be very close. Um, Xavier typically plays teams pretty close. I'm going to take the points um, mm-hmm. just because I'm getting three and a half. And I don't know what kind of Seton Hall team is going to show up. But uh, again, I think this will, this will be a close one. I wouldn't be surprised if that under hit as well. Yeah, this is that's my lean as well in both ways. Both uh, Xavier with the points and the under in this game. Uh, it feels like uh, that sort of Big East style of game whenever you know you don't have one of the one of the big boys necessarily involved. And uh, the point, it just it feels too much. It feels like we're putting a little bit too much, or the odds makers are putting a little bit too much on the home floor here. When you just compare the the way these two teams have played this season, you know, obviously Seton Hall does have some. Yeah, not, not marquee wins, but some nice wins to its name on the year, but still has some work to do to get into the tournament, certainly. And then you mentioned that the injury issues they're dealing with could complicate things further. So uh, that would be my lean as well. Probably not a play for me on either of these, uh, just because of the, I don't know, there's something about, there's something for me, Brian, about taking a like non-elite road dog, who I am comfortable saying is the better team, but don't just have like a ton of trust in them being able to bring that sort of action night in and night out. And so that's why it's probably a stay away from me. I feel like Xavier definitely the better team, but I don't fully trust them to stay all the way within the game uh, in such a way that I want to bet on them. It's really hard to trust a team that just lost at home to DePaul. <laughs> yes, sure. exactly. And, uh, you know, and Xavier has gone through some stretches where they've had trouble scoring. Uh-huh. Uh, I still think it's a really talented team that just haven't yeah. clicked uh, totally together here in the last couple of weeks for whatever reason. Uh, I played much better earlier in the year, but yeah, again, Seton Hall, another team that's been struggling a little bit. It's kind of right the ship here in the last couple of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to trust either one of these teams though. So that's why I, I kind of just take the points and assume yep. it'll be pretty close. Yep. Definitely with you on that. Let's talk about the uh, Texas tech and Oklahoma next Texas tech at Oklahoma, two and a half point favorites. However, a very low total one twenty-seven and a half. We are certainly used to that uh, with Chris Beard team or we're used at Texas tech, not Chris Beard, but we're used to seeing these sorts of totals on Texas tech teams. And then of course you put in Oklahoma, 
been a down year, uh, you know, when this is something to be expected with Porter Moser getting his first uh, his first run at Oklahoma, a team that's sort of in a rebuilding mode, but has uh, shown us a little bit of a ceiling this season. Um, what are your expectations for this game tonight? Yeah, Oklahoma in total desperation mode here has lost seven mm-hmm. of the class eight, you know, off to a pretty good start this season. But, you know, as you mentioned, uh, you know, first year under Porter Moser and, you know, life in the Big 12 is, is pretty hard. I mean, you, yes. you're facing, you know, top 20, top 30 teams pretty much every night. And, you know, I, I really like Texas Tech a lot in this one. Uh, you know, it's hard for me sometimes to go against desperate home teams. But but Oklahoma, really, they turn it over too much. They don't get to the free throw line. They don't offensive mm-hmm. rebound. And they don't shoot threes well. So that tells me. There's a, there's a team that's not going to really create a lot of extra chances for itself. It's going to give away some possessions. And to do that against that Texas Tech defense, which is just maybe the most unpleasant thing to face in college basketball mm-hmm. right now. Uh, they're number two on Kempom, but I, I certainly think if you hold all the coaches in America, the defense they'd least like to see at mm-hmm. any point would be Texas Tech. I just don't see how Oklahoma State's, oh, excuse me, Oklahoma is going to score tonight. And so I like, I like Texas Tech here and, and pretty comfortably. Yeah, for the record, the number one defense on Kempom all season long, San Diego State. But I'm with you. Texas Tech, first of all, they're just barely behind. And secondly, I think the eye test would tell us right now that Texas Tech, probably the best defense going in college basketball. And he hit the nail on the head with like, if you're building a case for how Oklahoma wins this game, pulls off a mini upset based on the spread, how do they score? Where do they score? And if you look at those Ken Palm numbers, the one bright green thing on Oklahoma's offensive chart is two-point scoring, basically interior scoring. I mean, obviously it covers everything inside the arc, but we really look at that as, read that as, you know, mostly interior scoring, and it's just hard to imagine them really being able to get that going against Texas Tech's defense. And if they can't get that going to the tune that they typically do when they're playing well, it's hard to find them scoring the ball anywhere else. So this is one that I do like. Uh, Xavier, that's my lean, but not a play for me. Texas Tech minus two and a half on the road. That is a play for me. I feel very comfortable with that. I think this is one of the better plays that we've got ahead of us over these next couple of days before we really turn the uh, the college basketball calendar over to the weekend to get a much wider set of games to look at, like Texas Tech, two and a half point favorites against Oklahoma tonight. One game that I want to talk about tomorrow, or one team that is in action tomorrow that I want to talk about, not so much the game they're playing But I do want to talk about Murray State. Tomorrow they play at Tennessee State. Ken Palm's got that as a 16-point line. It's going to be somewhere in that range. Murray State, of course, a big uh, big mid-major team in terms of uh, just how much attention they're getting there. Now, inside the top 25 rankings, they are going to be a March darling. You are going to hear people talk about them. And we're we're getting close to that time of year, Brian, Mm -hmm. where we're talking about sleeper sweet 16 teams. Murray State is going to be in that discussion for sure. How good is this Murray State team? I think they're legit. You know, they're they're 26 in Kempom right now, 27th in the net. They're top 45 on offense and defense efficiency, like Kempom. Only two losses all year. They lost to ETSU, which not a great loss, obviously, but it was November 22nd. It was on a neutral mm-hmm. site. Sometimes weird stuff happens early in the season away from home. And their other loss was at Auburn, which they were just kind of physically, you know, overmatched. But you know, no no, no real shame there. No. Uh, you know, the team won at Memphis. They beat Belmont on the road by 22 points. Belmont's a really good team for those. Those who don't don't know, and they hardly ever lose at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you know Tevin Brown's one of the more underrated players players in America. A six five guard, outstanding shooter, really good defensive player. Uh, came in with Job ja Morant, same class. Uh, played with him for a year, and you know they had KJ Williams at six ten can stretch the floor a little bit. Great rebounder. So this team, uh, you know, has a lot of things. I think they have a really excellent shot of getting an at large bid, even if they don't win the OVC, which is really hard to do in that league. Um, so yeah, I think this is a team that that really could make some noise in March. The, the one thing they really lack is, is any kind of 
rim protection, which is not unusual for a team at its mm-hmm. level. And that's why I had really no chance of beating Auburn. Uh, but other than that, I mean, they do a lot of things really, really well. Uh, they got good players. They got veteran players, good coach. Uh, yeah. This is a team. I think that, that, you know, a lot of people are going to be circling on their, on their brackets as a potential Cinderella. As we start pointing our sights toward March, and we're still a couple of weeks really away from that, but as we start doing that, you're definitely going to want to get some eyeballs on Murray State at some point over the next month or so, whether it's tomorrow against Tennessee State. Definitely circle that Thursday, February 24th rematch with Belmont that they have coming because those could be two teams. If, if you know, maybe maybe Belmont wins the OVC tournament, Murray State gets a uh, gets an at-large. Those could be two teams that we're talking about as potential Cinderella's in in March. So definitely a team worth checking out when you get a chance. Murray State again tomorrow night against Tennessee State. That's going to wrap things up for us here on this episode of Best on the Board. Thanks to all of you out there for listening to us here. For Tess, for Brian, I'm Michael Beller. Have a great rest of your day. Good luck. Happy betting. We'll talk to you soon.